0: ...manage having a child with anything wrong, let alone something where I had to take the action steps that were super uncomfortable for me to help him have the chance to walk. Like, it wasn't just, oh, we're going to go put him in a cast, he'll be fine. It was, real quick, it's launch week, and so I am super excited that you're here and you're listening but what would super help me out this week, especially, is if you logged on to Apple Podcasts and you left me a review. It's the only way that the algorithm on podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, actually feeds people my podcasts, and it helps me out so much. Thank you. Welcome to the Naturopathic Doc Podcast, where we empower women to take back control of their health. I'm your host, Dr. Kaylin Galloway, and I'm excited to help you navigate the confusing and frustrating world of healthcare through a holistic lens. Join me each week as we discuss practical tips and expert advice on how to get the most from your healthcare team. So grab a cup of tea and take a deep breath, and let's get back your power one visit at a time. As a naturopathic physician, I aim to embrace the principle of docere, which is Latin for to teach, which is my exact desire for this podcast is to teach you more about your body and about health. But... None of this should be considered advice, specifically medical advice. Any and all health decisions should be done with your personal physician. So, today I want to start with a really honest look at how this process has affected me and my own health um, going forward. So, when I was pregnant, I had a very tumultuous pregnancy, to say the least. I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism in the first trimester, and in the last trimester, I ended up having uh, prodromal labor for about eight weeks. So I was having contractions every four minutes for about uh, eight weeks. So this is pretty much eight weeks. It was awful. I can't, I, there's no other way to put it. Worth it now that my son is here, but those parts were definitely hard to accept. Um, but the number one thing that I was super traumatized by in my pregnancy was my son's club foot diagnosis. And it actually happened during the anatomy scan, um, ultrasound at 20 weeks. And they discovered that his feet were clubbed. Um, and I remember the physician telling me about it and being like, it's okay. It's just like, you know. A couple weeks when he's born, like, you'll end up having to do some casting, and then he'll have to wear a brace, and it's all fine. It's all fine. And while she was correct in what she was saying, I struggled. Um, I struggled with that diagnosis because it was just like, I felt that I had failed. I felt that I had failed in forming this body inside me. I felt that I had not enough resources to do this. I didn't feel like I could manage Having a child with anything wrong, let alone something where I had to take the action steps that were super uncomfortable for me to help him have the chance to walk. Like, it wasn't just, oh, we're gonna go put him in a cast, he'll be fine. It was two weeks after he was born, we put him in a cast, like on both legs from his toes to his thighs, um, so he no longer could be, like, this cuddly, squishy little newborn. He was a massive cast, and then to make matters worse, he ended up screaming bloody murder, like, literally was so upset. Um, the doctor was, like, literally on the brink of retirement, and he kept saying, like, I have never had a child, ever, Act like this during a casting, it is like almost impossible. Like it's ridiculous that he is this angry, um, about us touching his feet, but it hurt me. And then on top of that, after eight weeks of doing this, they ended up having a surgery where they cut his Achilles tendon. I apologize if that's a little graphic, but it's part of his treatment plan. Um, oh my God. I'm, I, have done a cadaver lab I've done anatomy I know all of the things I'm not afraid of blood I'm not afraid of medical life I, I'm just not I love I love medicine I love the human body but man is it different when it is your own blood who's having to go through the process and during this little procedure they actually had me in the room and um the doctor knew that my husband and I are both in the medical field so he treated us like med students. And I didn't want to be a med student. In that moment, I wanted to be a mom. Um, and so it was really difficult for me. Um, needless to say that I, I struggled to accept this part of my pregnancy and this part of my son's journey so much. Um, it hurt me to have to like see it every time we went to the doctor to get an ultrasound because after that we ended up having to do multiple ultrasounds just to make sure nothing else was wrong and talk to geneticists and I ended up developing gestational diabetes which ended up causing me to have to need insulin Um, and so there was just like lots of things that went wrong and it felt like this one this one thing that Um, I went to the ultrasound just wanting to see my baby for the first time. I just wanted to see him, and it ended up being this like I don't want to say horrible because there's worse things he could have been diagnosed with for sure. I, I, you know, I even remember saying that as soon as the physician said like, okay, so I'm just gonna talk to you about the fact that he has club feet, and she like went through the process, and then she was like, you know, um, this is gonna be a little difficult to process, and I was like, you know. Um, this could be worse. You could be telling me something worse. And she was like, oh yeah, I could be telling you something way worse than club feet." And it was in that moment that I was just like, oh, I, I have to accept this. And that's the whole point of this, this podcast today is that when you go through a process of diagnosis or you're in the process of diagnosis, you don't have a diagnosis yet and you're trying to, to, to manage the symptoms, the first step is understanding where you're at right now in this moment and trying to move past resistance, move past the feelings like I can't feel a certain way or I can't be a certain way. Um, and in that moment, the, the, the process of, of, of acceptance had so many layers. And I think we think of it as one time. Like you just you just kind of accept the fact that you are going to deal with a struggle. And the reality is acceptance is like a daily action. It's a de- decision to move past resistance to any feeling that you're feeling. And so how did I go about doing that? I got mad. I let myself feel the feelings that I needed to feel in that moment, and the reality was, I needed to feel for the length of my pregnancy. I don't want to do this. I kneeled. Um, I needed to look at my. I needed to look at my my own resistance as permission to feel the way I felt because the one thing I didn't want to do is be like well I'm just going to be a perfect mom and I'm going to which is so ridiculous I'm going to just love my son I'm going to do this with strength and courage and I'm just going to get through and we're going to be just fine and I felt like people were wanting me to have that and yet I just wanted to be angry I wanted to struggle with the fact that my pregnancy didn't go the way it wanted. I wanted to sit in that for a moment. And while I did struggle with peripartum depression and I was getting treatment for that and it was a super difficult time for me, I also needed to feel those feelings in order to process them. So acceptance is just the lack of resistance into what you should be feeling. And if anybody knows anything about mental health, the word that is like, Hello, depression, it's should, I should. Um, I, that was actually a quote from one of the physicians that I worked under at, in my medical school. Is She would say like, oh, hello, depression, welcome. You really need to leave. <laughs> um, but I feel like I needed to have that feeling to process what was going on. And I needed to be mad. Like, I needed to be mad that this was the only option that we could do for my son. Like, we couldn't do anything that would be quicker, that would be less traumatizing for me, less traumatizing for him. There was no way to avoid the fact that I was going to have to make myself do something that I didn't want to do. And then finally, how I also processed it was talking to friends and having them instill the, the um, confidence that I was going to be a good mom anyway. That I could still hate the process. I could still hate the boots. I could still hate talking about... I I could hate talking about it to everybody. I I could hate all the things that were part of the diagnosis and still love my son and still do what was needed to be done. I did not have to love the boots. Now then I also, after giving myself permission to hate the boots, I also gave my son permission to hate his boots because that was also a resistance I was having. I was having the resistance of, like, if he cries or if he's super upset by it or if he can't fall asleep and he's still wearing the boots or he's still in the cast, that I couldn't handle hurting him in that moment to help preserve his future. And the reality was, like... I can hate the fact that he's uncomfortable and I can hate the fact that he doesn't do or he doesn't want to do this. And I can, I can hate those boots. I'm going to not curse on the podcast. (laughs) I can hate them. They're, they're really, they look like, they don't look as ominous now, but when I was first seeing them, they look like some sort of like torture device. Um, and I <laughs> I was just horrified that we would force a child to sleep with them. Um, he loves them. He, now he brings them to me when he's tired. Like, he knows this is the bedtime routine, is putting on his boots. Like, my son is so strong and so powerful, and it's been a miracle to see him go through this process with such grace, and he is a toddler, but, but I... I admire him for all that he's gone through in such a short amount of time, and I'm proud of myself for being able to process this whole thing. And the reality is, now that I'm two years from his birth, like, he's, he's gonna be, he's gonna be two at the end of, of May. Now that I'm there, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of myself. I moved through that diagnosis. So, While this has been a lot about me, and I didn't intend for that to be the case on this podcast, but I wanted to show you the steps that I took in order to get to acceptance. And the number one thing was, like, I actually took the models of grief um, and used them. So the first one is denial, and I knew that I had to go through the phase of denial. I had to be like, okay, well, maybe they're wrong. Maybe it's not really what's there. Maybe they're not seeing club fee or they're seeing it and it's just not true. Maybe it was like the scan is incorrect or like I had to go through that. And I had to give myself permission to be doubtful of this because that's part of like questioning things. And then the second thing is I had to be angry. I had to get angry and I had to allow myself to be angry. It's not, is that acceptable in society for women to really be angry. Like, in reality, like, and I, I've struggled with being angry, outwardly angry and not crying and not just covering it up with sadness. And then I had to like move into like, I had to be sad about it. I had to be sad and like have like a sense of, of mourning that I lost the, the dream of the future that I wanted. And then the last thing I had to do was find a way to live with it and to be like, I'm going to find what I'm going to be proud of. And I'm going to look at what my goals are for what this is. And I talk about goals a lot. already. This is only episode four. And I feel like I established the idea that you have to have somewhere that you're going. And so I knew I was super depressed about this whole process. But I knew that I needed to have goals in mind to help me. And so my goal was to get through the casting as best we could without having any setbacks as long as like, you know, and then be okay and open to, set, to setbacks if they happen, but I, I wanted myself to just get through casting. let just like, let's just get through casting, and let's, let's just get through the surgery today. Let's just get through the healing process after the surgery, this, these couple weeks, and then it was like, let's get to the boots, and I can tell you that once I got into the boots and bar, which is his brace he wears at night now, I was so incredibly proud of myself, I cried on the way home, not, largely I cried on the way home from every visit because it was so torture, is so torturous, it was so hard to watch your son suffer, it is so hard to watch a child be helpless and have to go through something that you would never wish of, but the day he came home from boot, his boots and bar, I cried happy tears because I did it. I made it through and I want that for you. Not that you need like an end goal of feeling well because he wasn't done. He wasn't done. He's still wearing the boots today. He was not done. He was in the process of the next phase, but I had made it through a phase. So you need to have celebrations. You need to look at what you've actually accomplished and look forward to where you want to go with small steps in between so that you can reward yourself and know that you have a future. Um, One exercise that I really love doing is meditation on acceptance. And this is actually something I got from um, Headspace. They have a whole series on acceptance. in uh, Meditations on acceptance is a 10-part series. And the meditations range from 3 to 20 minutes. Um, And the whole idea is you do the setup of their meditation It's gorgeous, but you're sitting in your meditation and you just ask yourself, what are you resisting? What are you resisting in the middle of that meditation? I highly recommend Headspace. It's an amazing app. It's very helpful for me to have a daily practice of meditation. And I feel very supported by that app. And it's super, I like, I tune in with that app. I don't know why, but that's just been my really, Amazing support system throughout this whole process, um, but I would highly recommend that meditation if you choose to use that app. It's it's a, a a fee, a monthly fee, but it is it's been so helpful for me. I highly encourage it. I don't make any kickback. This is not sponsored. But that meditation in and of itself was beautiful. Like, and I, even if you decide like I could re- journal that of like doing like a free write. What am I resisting right now? What am I trying to avoid feeling? What am I trying? to escape and and just, like, black out and dissociate from in this moment. Now, I will put this warning in here now. If you are dealing with depression, whether that be peripartum depression, postpartum depression specifically, or just your good old major depressive disorder, I say that not lightly, although it was a joke, um, do this with a guided, um, with a licensed provider, whether that be a counselor, a, a medical doctor, a naturopath, uh, whoever can actually help you process this stuff because this is going to bring you to the core of the issue and help your motivation moving forward. So I highly recommend that you get help. Remember, it's never a bad thing for you to reach out. It's never a bad thing for you to, to get help, um, but you have to know what help you need. So if you're reaching out to friends, if you're journaling the process, you have to know where you're going. And so you have to have a goal set. And I found that in the beginning of my processing of my son's diagnosis, I was overwhelmed with the future. I was overwhelmed with what to do. And in the end, I did not have peace with what was going on until I set myself up my mileposts for my ultimate goal. Um, He's halfway done with, with wearing his brace at this point. And I am so proud of how far I've come, how far he's come. And I can say that while I still get angry at those boots, I still, and I tell him, be angry, be mad. You should be mad. This is crap. (laughs) I don't say it like that. I actually curse in front of my toddler, which is probably not a bad, not a good thing. Not a good thing. But anyway, moving on. (laughs) You can be mad. You have my permission to be mad, but you still have to do what is best for you in the future. And I just really hope that you understand that you do not have to love the diagnosis that you've been given. You do not have to love the symptoms that you're feeling. But if you sit there and resist feeling them or feeling the emotions tied to them, you won't move past them. You'll just sit in the same space feeling stuck. So I would definitely look into that and, and, and really analyze that. And let me know what you think. So um, I'll see you next time. But bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Naturopathic Doc Podcast. I hope you found today's episode helpful and informative. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcast. Your reviews help us reach more listeners and continue to provide valuable content to our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like to see covered on the show, please feel free to email us at thenaturopathicdoc at gmail.com or connect with us on social media. Until next time, be kind to yourself and your body and remember that you hold the power to your health dreams. Thank you for listening to the Naturopathic Doc Podcast.